Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Wednesday, March the 11th, as we tick ever closer to the start of this Phillies season. Cannot wait. Can't come soon enough. Two weeks from tomorrow, Thursday the 26th, baseball will be underway. The Phillies will be in Miami. Fun uh, little side note this year. Usually the Phillies will have a, a game and then a, an off day, and there are so many off days at the beginning of the season. Eight straight days of baseball to start the season off as they'll start in Miami. Obviously, no worries about getting rained out down there with the dome and all that. So, um, exciting stuff. We get Phillies baseball, and then we don't have to wait for a day off and this and that and all that. We will get some a nice, healthy dose to start the year. And I, I literally, I, I'm just beyond excited. It can't come soon enough. Yesterday, we talked a lot about Joe Girardi and the coaching staff and the impact that, that was going to have on the Phillies this season. And, and we have so much to get into over the next couple weeks before the season starts. Um, and I talked a lot about the optimism that I feel because of Joe Girardi, simply because of Joe Girardi and the coaching staff he's brought in. And today, uh, I want to kind of look at each part of the team. Tomorrow, we'll dive into the pitching staff. But today, I want to look at the lineup. I want to look at the nine or eight starters in the field, the backups, kind of the the roles that those guys will play, where that shakes out is I think that, you know, we'll do it in decreasing levels of optimism. The thing I'm most excited about in terms of changes from last season is Joe Girardi. The thing I'm second most excited about is their ability to put up runs Obviously, the thing I am most nervous about is their ability to prevent runs from a pitching perspective, but that is for tomorrow, and then um, we'll look at the the state of the team on Friday and you know the whole luxury tax of it all and a lot of things to get into that, but today I really wanted to focus on the lineup, the position players, where that stands right now, and as I said yesterday, I think there's a lot of reasons for optimism when it comes to the offensive side of things. Obviously, there is some consternation as well. The Andrew McCutcheon injury, the fact that I think a lot of people came into this offseason when we heard Matt Klintak talk over the offseason. Everyone really implied that Andrew McCutcheon would be ready to go full bore to start the season. That is clearly not going to be the case, whether it was a setback or whether just unable to get back at the expected clip. McCutcheon will not be ready to start the season if I had to bet. I think it's more likely May 1st, somewhere in that range, than, than you know mid-April, maybe the end of April, best case scenario, that we'll be seeing Andrew McCutcheon there. And then, of course, potentially a, a bit of a curve to get back to the Andrew McCutcheon of old. We don't know how long it will take him to feel comfortable again, You know, 32 years old, coming off the, the knee injury. Um, so McCutcheon, a much more of a question mark than, than I would have hoped, and that certainly should be a cause for a bit of concern when we're talking about the lineup, the defense, all that type of stuff. But I do think that there are more reasons for hope on the offensive side of things than than not. 
Uh, why don't we just go around the diamond? That's probably the most effective way to do this, starting at the catcher position. JT Romuto, a uh, somewhat turbulent offseason with JT from a, a relationship with the Phillies perspective. They go to arbitration with Romuto. It didn't seem like there was too much bad blood on either side, but Romuto loses his arbitration hearing. Uh, I think he was going for a little over $12 million, ended up with a little over $10 million. The bigger issue is that he is a free agent after this season, and, and the Phillies have made it very clear that re-signing him is a, a big um, uh, priority. For them, Romuto has said he wants to be here. He wants to play out his career here. So everyone's saying the right things, but yet we will enter the season almost definitely with JT Romuto not signed to a long-term extension. So I think from an off-the-field perspective, there are some causes for concern. Uh, if you ask me, I think it will get done. I think ultimately JT Romuto will be signed to a long-term deal. That is something that makes sense for both sides. But for right now, uh, still up in the air there. From an on-the-field perspective, I think you feel really excited about JT Romito in year two in Philly. We saw last year what Romito can bring, certainly from a defensive side of things, easily the best defensive catcher in baseball. It is the most important defensive position in baseball. We saw what he could do from a calling a game perspective, from a just going out and playing everyday perspective. I think this season we're going to see even more offensive uh, firepower from Romuto last season was solid but maybe not a a standout year from an offensive perspective but when you take into account the fact that he plays almost every day which is insane the amount of time the amount of time he plays as a catcher is something you don't see very often and then you add in the defensive stuff certainly I think last season the best player on the Phillies team and this year I'm expecting big things from Bryce Harper but Romuto is certainly one of the two or three players you count on the most on this team offensively defensively so I think you feel really good at that position. Romito also a great base runner, someone who's not just a good, as Joe Girardi has pointed out, not just a good base runner for a catcher, but just a good base runner, period. He's someone who knows how to run the bases, is smart about taking extra bases. So I think JT Romito is someone you can really count on this year, both on the field and also from a clubhouse leadership perspective. We'll talk more about the culture and all that as the week goes on. I know we talked a little bit about it yesterday, but just looking at the field of play, starting at the catcher position, if we're looking around the diamond, so to speak, I think you feel really good about JT Romito. And again, I think he's going to be the leadoff hitter to start the year. That's the way it seems to be shaking out. A lot of spring lineups with him at the top. Girardi has talked about liking him at the top. And I think it makes a lot of sense. He's someone who has the ability to get on base and is someone who's a very good base runner. So... JT Romuto catching at the top of the lineup. I feel good about those things. Obviously, you want McCutcheon to be leading off when he comes back and is healthy. But for now, happy with Romuto at the top and certainly happy with JT as your catcher. Moving on to first base, I think you're a little bit more concerned, obviously. Reese Hoskins coming off the worst second half of his career, the worst half of baseball is his career. He's someone who's Hit at every level always, even coming up to the majors, has really never had any prolonged major serious slumps like he did over the second half of last year. He certainly could be a streaky hitter at times, but I mean, he was among the worst position players, if not the worst, in baseball last year. You look at guys like Andrew Knapp had better numbers, and granted, much smaller sample size, but I mean, Reese Hoskins by the end of the year was just absolutely lost and. It was a concern, and I, look, I, I don't think you can go into the season and just say, all right, the old Reese Hoskins is back. He's going to be 35 homers, 260, 400 on base. You hope for that, and I certainly think that's possible because, again, when you look at his career, the outlier is the second half of last season. It is not the um, it is not the rule. It's the exception to the rule, but you hope it was, it was so bad 
and he looks so lost that it is something that I don't think you can just completely ignore. So, and look, Hoskins himself hasn't hasn't ignored it as he has come into spring training with a brand new batting stance, a stance that looks completely different from what he was doing before, which is something that is always a bit unnerving. So far, has looked pretty solid in the spring. Nothing amazing, but has been solid. Obviously, working on things. Ultimately. I do think Reese Hoskins will get back to the player he was before, or certainly something close to it. If I had to bet on Reese Hoskins, do I believe in him or not? I certainly believe in him a lot more than I don't believe in him. So I guess the best way to say it is I do have a, a touch of concern. I do after the second half of last season. It was so abysmal. But if I had to bet on him getting back to the player he was, I would bet on that before I would bet on him kind of just falling apart. So, and look, we've seen players fall apart. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it happens. Usually not ones with such a long track record of, of offensive consistency, both in the majors and the minors, which is a good thing. You rarely see that. But again, I do think that um, there should be a little bit of concern there. But I do think that Hoskins getting back to the old Reese Hoskins is something that is probably more likely than not likely and also something that would just be incredibly massive for this team. I think that's the one thing when you're looking at this lineup that if Hoskins can be Hoskins, all of a sudden it is a really good lineup, especially when McCutcheon comes back. All of a sudden you feel a lot better about this team. So Hoskins, I think for me, probably the biggest X factor of the guys we're going to talk about today other than Another X factor I'll bring up a little later, someone who might not be in the starting lineup opening day, but has a chance to make a difference. But I feel good about Hoskins getting back to where he was, but it might say take some time, and I am certainly not a hundred percent confident, um, if that makes any sense. So um it is huge though. If Hoskins get back to being Hoskins and, and everyone else can kind of play up to what we expect, then all of a sudden it's a totally different element to this lineup. And I think Hoskins falling off second half last year was something that really hurt this team, hurt the offense. So especially with the injuries and with the lack of production at times from other players, they they really needed Hoskins and he was just absolutely abysmal. So you hope that Hoskins gets back second. uh, We'll lump second and third base together for now is it does look like in spring training, it's been a lot of Kingery at second and Segura at third. I think that is the way the season starts though. Girardi did have an interesting comment saying that, um, it was actually Segura's idea to play third base in spring training because Segura has played second base in the past and he feels confident that he could do that, quote unquote, with his eyes closed. Whereas, you know, he wanted to get working at third, and and I appreciate that. Um, also, I think when you look at it, let, let's let's say for now that Kingery is going to be at second to start the season and, and Segura at third. And again, I think those things could change based on you know how guys look and how things play out. But let's let's talk about it that way. So starting at second base. The thing I like about Kingery at second base, and don't get me wrong, I love the versatility that Kingery brings, the fact that he can play second, short, third, you know, whatever, center field, outfield, in a pinch for you, whatever you need, I do think makes him a more valuable asset for the Phillies, more valuable player to the team, but it does appear that he feels most comfortable at second base. That's his natural position. It's the position he's played the vast majority of his career. So if he feels comfortable at second base, if Scott Kingery is going to be a better player at second base, then put him at second base. I'm okay with that. I do think that what we saw offensively from Kingery last year, the step forward he took, and granted, you know, wasn't consistent all throughout the season, had some highs and lows, but I do think he showed that he can be that guy we thought he could be when the Phillies signed him to that, you know, groundbreaking type of contract without playing a game in the major leagues. 
Um, this was the guy they envisioned, someone who could really make a difference on the major league level. You know, he was a top 50 prospect, someone who pedigree, hit in the minors, all that stuff. And I think we saw flashes of that last year. And I think that there's a really good chance, still a young guy, that Kingery could take a, a big step forward this year. Um, I, I think there's a real significant upside with Scott Kingery. And again, the, the versatility really helps. But even if they just put him in second base every day and let him feel comfortable and focus on the offensive side of things and the base running. I mean, maybe other than Roman Quinn, the fastest guy on the team, certainly feels that way when you watch the games. I think Kingery has a lot to offer. And I think that we more likely than not see Kingery take a step forward offensively. He certainly looks jacked. He came to spring training just yoked. The biggest Scott Kingery you've seen. I think we see a step forward from Scott Kingery this year. I'm bullish about his potential this season. And again, look, if... If he's just way more comfortable at second base, then then that's fine. And I, I he, it's definitely his best position, though he's, again, can play third well enough, a, a nice outfielder, all that stuff. But I think Kingery at second base makes a lot of sense. Leave him there, feel good about it. Uh, third base, like we just talked about, Segura. It looks like Segura is going to be the third baseman to start the season. I think you could see those guys flip-flop if one or the other struggles. Certainly more likely Segura if he struggles at third. I think you could see those two flip-flop. But for now, it looks like Segura is going to get the shot at third base. I'm pretty bullish about Segura kind of having a bounce back. You look at, I mentioned this yesterday, but um, you look at his numbers pre-McCutcheon injury, post-McCutcheon injury, and he has admitted that he, you know, the McCutcheon injury weighed on him. And, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people blamed him per se, but, you know, he certainly played a role in McCutcheon getting hurt the way that kind of freak play played out. Not running it out certainly hurt. And, um, I think Segura was in a bit of a funk after that, and, and I think it kind of never really got back to the Segura we know can be there. We saw early in the season, and we've seen at other stops the prior years, that he's a you know 300 hitter for a reason. He's someone who has great batted ball skills, really the ability to get the bat on the ball, put it into play, and that's the kind of guy this lineup needs. You know, They've obviously had some strikeout issues the last few years. I think Segura... Um, Coming to camp, apparently quit drinking, which is good, you know, as a best shape of his life guy, which obviously is a cliche, but um, certainly from everything you hear is is looking good from a physical perspective. I think if they can get something out of Segura, if he can be someone who can be the the guy we saw for the first month last season, that's another thing that just can make a massive difference for this team from an offensive perspective. I don't think he's going to be a stalwart defensively at third, no matter what happens. I think he could be fine at second. Either way, he's not a defensive superstar. But um, I think if the Segura turnaround, if him being in shape, if all this stuff is real, if that is something where we see a different Gene Zagura, McCutcheon comes back, all that, it's kind of the weight off of him. I really think that is the kind of thing that can make a massive difference for this offense. He is a, he's a really good offensive player. He's a good hitter. And again, he brings a lot of things that other guys in the lineup don't. So I'm feeling pretty good about Zagura. Again, just as a, a caveat, as a, um, you know, I, I am often leery of the best shape of their life stories i don't really buy into that type of stuff you feel like you hear it for so many different guys each year and it's so rare that that actually makes a difference but um i'd rather hear it than not you know and i do think that if nothing else i'm looking at the history of gene zagura the type of hitter he is who we know he can be and uh, I just think that there is a chance that if we get that guy, it's going to make a massive difference for this team. Speaking of massive difference, uh, and I know he's had a rough spring, though he did get his first hit of the spring yesterday. Didi Gregorius at shortstop is going to make such a massive difference for this team. First of all, defensively, he's the best 
most consistent defensive shortstop they've had since Freddie Galvis, without question. He is a very strong defensive shortstop, but a very important position defensively. You know, having a great defensive catcher and a great defensive shortstop is something that does help a team, especially a team that isn't necessarily great defensively at every position. Uh, Reese Hoskins, Segura, you know, some of those guys. And uh, certainly until McCutcheon comes back in left field, not going to be most nights a, a outstanding defensive player. But um, Didi also offensively can make a massive difference. He's a clutch hitter. Uh, uh, you know, I know a lot of people don't believe in clutch. I do. Uh, he's someone who's had some big, big hits for the Yankees in playoff games, big home runs. Um, someone who, again, I mentioned this yesterday on the show, but someone who every Yankees fan I know was devastated that he was going to be gone. They all love the guy. That He was such a fun player to have on their team, someone they counted on, someone they believed in. And I think that matters. I think that kind of tells you uh, in a rudimentary way what type of guy he is. Someone who brings a lot of pop at the shortstop position, which isn't something we've had here in a, in a while, really, since Jimmy, when you think about it. Um, I think Didi Gregorius is going to make a massive difference. And, and I know he's like one for 23 or whatever in spring, you know, got his first hit yesterday in RBI single. I'm not overreacting to that. Again, spring training, as I've said yesterday, I'll say many times throughout this show until the season starts that, that I do not overreact to spring training stats. I'm much more looking at what guys are working on and all that type of stuff. But um, I, I think Didi, once he gets comfortable, again, came back halfway through last year after Tommy John surgery. I think once he gets comfortable, once he gets settled in, it's going to be a major asset offensively and defensively for this team and really upgrades the offense uh, in a big way, in a big way, and obviously defensively as well. But just talking about the lineup and how it shakes out, I think having that guy at shortstop, is going to make this team much better. So I think you feel pretty good about the potential offensive output of the infield. You don't feel great defensively on the corners, but if Kingery's at second and if you know Didi at short, Romuto at catcher, I think you feel great about the middle, which is the most important thing. So I think there's a lot of upside there defensively in the middle of the field. And I think offensively, you got a really strong offensive infield. And again, a lot of that is predicated on Reese Hoskins being Reese Hoskins, the Reese Hoskins we knew prior to the second half of last year. But um, I'm, I'm bullish about the infield potential offensively for this team. Moving to the outfield, starting in left field, obviously you're hoping to get McCutcheon back as soon as you can. You're hoping that McCutcheon, when he comes back, is the Andrew McCutcheon we know and love. Um, until then... It looks like Jay Bruce will get the the first shot at left field, and I'm sure there'll be um, a mix of players who go in and out of there. Um, but Jay Bruce is a nice player. You know, obviously not great against left-handed pitching, but has continually hit right-handed pitching his whole career. He's someone when he first got here last year, obviously had that super awesome hot stretch of baseball and is um, just a nice player. He's younger than you think. Uh, he will be 33 when the season starts, but it feels like he's 38. He's not. Um, not a good defensive player. That's going to be an issue, obviously. But I think in terms of, of hoping that McCutcheon can be back by May 1st or somewhere in that range, a month of Jay Bruce is fine. You know, that's why you have Jay Bruce. I think a lot of people forgot Jay Bruce was even here because he got hurt last year and kind of didn't contribute down the stretch. Jay Bruce, fully healthy. I'm fine. I feel good about Jay Bruce. I don't feel great. I feel good. And then if McCutcheon can come back and Bruce can be someone who can fill in and come off the bench and all of a sudden that's a a real asset offensively to have as well. So I feel solid about Bruce. I think you'll see Adam Hazley play some left field. I think you'll see um, Logan Forsyth potentially get in there against some some left-handed pitching. 
Um, Josh Harrison can move around the diamond. That's the thing. I think from a depth perspective, I like a lot of these guys. I like Josh Harrison. I really like Logan Forsyth. They're guys who do particular things well. Harrison can move around the field, play a lot of different positions. Forsyth can play infield, outfield, can crush left-handed pitching. Um, they're veteran guys. They're players. You know, they're guys who, you know, they're not Nick Williams. That's what I'm saying. And look, we might see Nick too with the 26 roster spot and all that. But um, I feel pretty good about the depth from a roster perspective that they put together. It's not great, but I think these guys are major league caliber players. So I think we'll see some of those guys in left field. I don't think you see Bruce every night, but I think Bruce probably gets the lion's share of those at-bats, assuming he's contributing until McCutcheon comes back. Moving to center field, I think that's going to be the most in-flux position for the first you know, part of the season, and, and we'll see how it shakes out. It looks like it's going to be a combination of Roman Quinn and Adam Hazley most nights. Obviously, that is provided Roman Quinn stays healthy for as long as he could stay healthy for. Who knows? Obviously, he's never been able to stay on the field. You hope he can. He does give you a lot. I mean, look, he's the fastest guy on the team by far. He's a switch hitter, which you like to see. He's a, a really solid defensive player. I think Quinn, preferably a really great asset off the bench, a spot start type guy, but you know, if healthy is someone who is not the worst option out there as your eight hitter and center fielder, whatever, I think it's fine. Um, Hazley, you hope he could take a step forward. We've seen some good, some bad from Hazley. I think both those guys can handle the position defensively. Neither is a, a star center fielder. I think Quinn better than Hazley from a defensive perspective, but both guys can, can handle themselves out there. And I think both offer, look, you're talking about an eight hitter. I think they offer fine. They're fine. They offer fine things for this team. Um, you know, maybe Hazley against righties, Quinn against lefties. I don't know exactly how it's going to shake out, uh, but I think you'll see both those guys and maybe even a hot hand approach where whoever can kind of jump out in front um, and, and grab that position can, can run with it. You know, again, you don't feel awesome about that. I would certainly the weakest spot on the field going around the diamond, but you feel okay. And then moving to right field, and I said it yesterday, I'll say it again today, I think I think Bryce Harper's about to have an MVP season. I don't know if he'll win it. I don't know if Christian Yelich might have a slightly better season or if Mookie Betts is on a 110-win Dodgers team and has a great season or Bellinger or whoever it is. I think they're going to be guys who are up there and it's a narrative thing and it's the way the team plays and all that. But I think Bryce Harper is going to put up MVP-type numbers. I think his best season since 2015. I feel so incredibly confident about that. We, we saw last year the, the amazing thing about Harper, and he had that great second half offensively, but he did all the other stuff that we didn't even know about. The effort, every play, the base running, the you know uh, outstanding defensive right field play, one of the best right fielders in baseball, a cannon of an arm, all that type of stuff. I think you feel great about the intangibles Harper brings from a leadership perspective, from a effort perspective, all that. But I think offensively he's going to bring it this year. And I think we saw it in the second half. I think that... Once he finally got settled here in Philadelphia, once his wife and family were settled, he had a baby on the way. There was just a lot of change in his life. Big expectations with the contract. I think he's finally settled. I think he's comfortable now. And I think that that's going to make such a massive difference for this guy going into the season with a fresh start. A full spring training, by the way. Remember, he got signed you know, February 28th last year. He's got a full spring training to work on what he needs to work on to get ready. He's been crushing it in spring training. Did get hit on the foot yesterday and had to leave the game, but apparently just a precaution. He is fine. Um, He is crushing the ball. He's stealing bases. I just feel so confident in Bryce Harper this year. I think he's going to have an MVP-type season, so I'm really excited about that. And when you put that all together, I think that offensively, defensively, this team's going to be competitive. They're going to be good with Girardi, the professionalism. And I mentioned before the X-Factor. 
The guy who won't be there to start opening day, but when he does come up, I think is going to make a big difference, is Alec Baum. Baum is someone who is going to hit. He's going to hit. Is he a good defensive player? No, he's not. That's fine, though. I think from an offensive perspective, when he comes up, and there's a lot of ways they can kind of maneuver things, put Zagur at second, Kingery in center, that's probably your best uh, offensive lineup. Obviously, Bohm at third is never going to be your best defensive lineup, but I do think Alec Bohm offers a, look, he's a top 30 prospect in baseball right now based solely on his bat. He is going to be a beast. I think he's going to hit right away. I do. So the opportunity to bring that guy up in May or whatever it is when the Super 2 goes, I just think that offensively this team's going to be good, especially when McCutcheon comes back, assuming he can be some form of the McCutcheon we know, assuming Hoskins can get back to being Reese Hoskins, I think it would be a really good offensive team. I think the ceiling is really high. So I think from that perspective, from a defensive perspective, you feel pretty good about this team. It's the pitching. That is the real issue, the real question mark. Um, and there are a lot of question marks there. Obviously, um, you know, the Zach Wheeler signing is nice. They don't really do anything in the bullpen from a, a major signing move. Um, there are a lot of question marks. A lot. I feel really good about this team offensively. A lot of my bullish nature on this team right now, and again, bullish to a point. I think they're going to compete for a wild card. I don't think they're going to be one of the best teams in the National League or anything. But... Um, has been Joe Girardi and the offense's ability to keep them in games night to night. The pitching is a different story. So tomorrow we'll dive into that. We'll go into the starting rotation, the bullpen, kind of look at what needs to work, what could work, how it could go wrong, all that. Um, but for now, I think, well, you know, just the last two days, talking Girardi, the coaching staff, talking the lineup and defense, I think they're going to be pretty good. You know, playoff caliber in those areas. The pitching is the question mark, and we'll dive into that tomorrow so until then thank you for listening to another edition of phillies today right here on the phillies 24 7 network okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.